welcome to Celebrity Wine Club, where we feel safe enough hiding behind a microphone to talk a bunch of trash <laughs> on your most beloved celebrities. <laughs> I'm Angela, and we have a special guest with us today, Jules. Hello. Welcome. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Nicole, and today we're going to be tasting Sting's wine. A little Sting, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Buzz, buzz, bitch. <laughs> it feels like it's been like forever and no time at all since we were last together doing this. Uh, how was your week back at work? Um, it was pretty short. I mean, we had some snowy weather, so we left early a few days and... My work was closed until 9 a.m. today. Ooh. Wow. Special. That is like such a fucking cocktail. <laughs> I was like a little rowdy last night. Yeah. <laughs> like, either be closed or don't. Yeah. yeah. I know. My boss sends me this text message this morning. He's like, you can work remotely until the roads improve. I'm like, the roads are fine right now, but I'm still going to milk so those for a couple the hours. the roads improve, do you mean just don't come here? <laughs> <laughs> That's all relative, really. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> my street is particularly terrible. There's a down power line and a tree branch, <laughs> and my kitchen really... caught on fire, and my dog ran away. So, I'm, so it's probably impossible. remote for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and my internet's out, so yeah. probably not even get this email. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm just gonna take a sick day. Yeah. How about that? Some pers- Percy time. Yeah. yeah. Mental mental health day. Oh my gosh. I'm doing really good. Um. So I just had to work two days this week. And I'm, you know, trying to get used to not eating 10,000 calories of holiday food every day. It's really tough to like wean myself (laughs) off like all the pie and stuff. Oh, God, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, my body's still craving all the sugar and carbs. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm just like, I'll just eat like three giant burritos. That's the same as one. That's meal, reasonable, right? right? That's, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I had LASIK yesterday, and today I look like a zombie from 28 Days Later. <laughs> yeah, I keep getting a little freaked out every time I look over at you. Like, Plus, my eyes aren't even like blood. focused all the way, so I'm just like like a stoned koala or something. <laughs> It's yeah, cute. you do mm-hmm. look super stoned. It's cute. Mm-hmm. I can't even smoke weed right now, and that's the devil of the damn thing. Like, oh, sick day. No weed though. Can you eat it? A medical marijuana card means nothing. Damn it. No, she can't have it because it'll dry your eyes out. Uh, it irritates it'll you. It'll dry your eyes out. <laughs> Clear eyes. I also developed a cold, so we're like passing the phlegm monster from just one person to the next. I better not get that. We're all sitting in a very <laughs> close room <laughs> together. <laughs> my breath what is like I going directly for? at you. <laughs> it's all elderberry and zinc when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. And didn't you say the LASIK guy like didn't even give you this disclaimer that your vision was going to go black yeah. while the procedure was happening? Yeah, it was terrifying. And then he just like tapped <laughs> my shoulder. And information. He just tapped my shoulder and was like, no talking, no talking. <laughs> but I'm like raising my hand here. <laughs> yeah, that's a little piece of information that might be I would have liked to have known that previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I feel like all we've talked about on this podcast is my eyeballs. Well, it's Not. like a big deal because you had big Coke bottle glasses and now you don't have to wear any yeah i woke up this morning and i could see it perfectly clearly i look over leonard is laying on my shoulder and i'm like oh leonard i can see you you look so beautiful and high def and then i sneeze right in his face (laughs) (laughs) which is also pays back payback because he sneezes in my fucking face almost daily leonard is a small dog not a (laughs) person yeah <laughs> also pertinent information. Her boyfriend Leonard. <laughs> did call him a shrimp. <laughs> my dogs always finish dinner and come and like get right in my face and then burp and like walk off. It's like their thank you for dinner. Mm. It's the rudest thing. Mm. I mean, man. Yeah. Ruby's a farter, the other dog. She's a farter. Mm, just, like just like mom. Just like mom. Coming out of every orifice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think we're going to skip over corrections because we don't think we have any from our yeah, last episode. They were right about everything. Yeah. yeah. On a point. <laughs> I'm sure there's something we got wrong, but, you know. We'll find out later. Yeah. I'm um, sure someone will tell us. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get, like, an angry tweet. And I'm like, you fucking said Paul Simon was a yacht rocker and he's actually a folk hero. <laughs> <laughs> I still won't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> but we should get into hangover ratings, both from Skinny Girl and from New Year's. Okay. So oh, my God. The Skinny Girl wine, like we said on the previous one, it was dumb bitch juice. I felt like a <laughs> fucking idiot. I still kind of do. I don't know if that's like like a it's symptom. Permanent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a symptom from that wine particularly, or if it's like a like a permanent thing now from drinking two dumb dumb wines in a row. But it might be a trick so that you're stupid enough to buy that product again. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think yeah, that stuff is not real wine, like at all. I'm and serious. Then- and then the Nikki wine is, is I mean, yeah, the Nikki wine is wine product. It says it on the bottle. Yeah. So not even real wine either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're being true with their advertising, yeah. though. You got to respect them for Fusion. that. Mm-hmm. They were legal, legally obligated. Well, I don't really think I had too much of a wine hangover from the skinny girl just because it was only 10% by volume. It was like drinking communion wine at church camp, <laughs> all watered down. So, Depends yeah. Depends on who's pouring it. I guess camp. so. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Miss former church camp counselor has to weigh in. (laughs) Angie, the heavy pour. That's why you sign up for altar duty. (laughs) (laughs) So how how did you fare? Well, so we recorded that one the night before our big championship game, football game. Uh Uh-huh. And so um, I would say that I felt okay but then we went into the game and I just like couldn't really I mean we lost it was an awful awful game to watch but we lost yeah (laughs) you were there Uh uh-huh yeah okay yeah I remember (laughs) (laughs) we have a crowd of people that plays games in the other room and doesn't pay attention but um I obviously I'm in one camp and not the other (laughs) we were all winners that night (laughs) that's what really matters no except for me because I ended up either getting a stomach virus or food poisoning and I had to make a nest in my bathroom because I was up like every 30 minutes and then every 45 minutes until the sun came up and then it was extra tragic because angie had planned this awesome gospel brunch for us to go see a drag show that we've been wanting to do literally for years and then she couldn't come and i like wanted to cry yeah it was really sad like we almost couldn't enjoy it quite as much because you weren't there Mm -hmm. it's like like your thing like well, the- I'm blaming that damn skinny girl wine on all of it. <laughs> damn it, skinny yeah. girl. Well, it well, gets you skinny one way or another. It's like those detox That's tea. what I was thinking when it was happening. I was like, I guess this is what they meant about skinny girl. I mean, if, <laughs> if I don't lose 10 pounds after this, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Did you lose that 10? Five? I, I didn't even step on the scale. I should have. Mm. Mm. I'm disappointed in you. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the holidays. Mm-hmm. Who's messed no. up on a scale? No one. Mm-hmm. Not it. I threw mine out the window. <laughs> threw it in the trash. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So we just had New Year's Eve recently. Do you have like a hot story New Year's Eve hangover situation, Jules? My situation was actually pretty positive. I think I slept right through it because I didn't wake up till about 2 p.m., which is like super late for me mm-hmm. these days. If you checked back with me like 10 years ago, I've been like, oh, it's pretty decent, you know, 2 p.m. <laughs> but this was like abnormally late. And then I immediately got food when I woke up. So it was smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lance, on the other hand, <laughs> not so much. He oh, no. Like I got him a sandwich. He ate the sandwich. He's like, I'm going to go back to bed. And then like the dog came in there with him and it, it was all good. She, mm-hmm. she was his nurse. That Poor day. baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor baby. <laughs> and then I had to go out to my parents' house because my mom has to make black-eyed peas on New Year's Day. That's like a thing. But actually, she looked into the whole like history behind that, and it's apparently like and more of an African American thing than an American thing because like black-eyed peas actually come from West Africa, mm-hmm. and then they so like they kind of brought that tradition to the Americas. So it was kind of cool to hear like oh, what the story Another was. piece of black culture yeah. stolen by <laughs> white people. By white people. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it is a very southern thing in general. Mm-hmm. I would. Say. It, it is. We've always yeah. had black-eyed peas on New Year's Day. We mm-hmm. even had. Did a, you eat yours, guys? Yes, we yeah. did. We did. We had brunch over here. 
which I told nice. you about. And I was like, are they I coming? slept right through your brunch. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, we had brunch over here and Nicole made some really like a dank black eyed peas. And I don't with, like, like black eyed you peas. You gotta jazz them up. With like quite bacon a bit. and rotel well, and jalapeno yeah. sauce. And like, good. yeah. Yeah. They're really good. <laughs> Mask the flavor of the black eyed peas. I actually made some more last night for dinner with some cornbread because I really wanted grandma food. And then I like put a bunch of butter and blackberry jelly on my grandma food yeah. cornbread. It was that so sounds amazing. Good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. really good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when your gluten-free cornbread is like your best friend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> all right are you ready to introduce the the winery and wine yes so wine. this <laughs> bottle over here is the unopened bottle by okay. the way it does it doesn't really matter if one's open or not okay so the wine that we're having today is the message in a bottle and it's the um toscano yeah, the Rosso Toscana. And we actually only have one wine today because, again, we live in the pioneer times and we had to order this by mail. And so, well, which the, is a new perk for us. That's mm-hmm. a new hot perk. And also, like, on that particular website that was sell- selling it online, they had four different kinds, but you could only get one not by the case. Oh, and it was this one. And oh, it was okay. that one, yeah. So, so yeah, so this is Sting's Winery, and um, I'll just go ahead and read the back of the bottle. Please, first. please sure. do. Okay, so it says, when Sting wrote his iconic song, Message in a Bottle, he sang of the universal human need to connect. And what better way to enjoy a delicious bottle of wine than with friends? Message in a Bottle joins the portfolio of widely acclaimed wines produced at, uh, produced at Sting and his wife Trudy Styler's Tuscan Vineyards at Il Palagio, such as Sister Moon and Casino Del V. Crafted by the expert winemakers Daniel O'Donnell and Paolo, I don't even know, because uh, it looks like carcinogen, but I know that's not what it is. <laughs> Carcinogeno. <laughs> Castellania. Okay. That's, hey, that's versatile good. and very drinkable Toscana. Um, okay. Toscana Indicazione. Um, Indica? Indica? <laughs> Uh, Geographica Tupica. My ears just perked up. Oh, yeah, right? I'm listening now. <laughs> it's uh, from 2015. Uh, with complex aromas of cherries, wild blackberries, and spices, this wine will complement many dishes, but goes most perfectly with friends, loved ones, and convivial conversation. Send an SOS to someone to come and share it with you. Is that oh it? Is that, the, is that the fucking thing? Like, yeah. Can well, I get paid to write that instead? <laughs> yeah. I think I could I do a better that job. job. Yeah. yeah. I so could have that job. Yeah. So, that is probably... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it is an Italian wine and it's 13% by volume. It is a blend. It's our first Italian wine on the pod, too. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this dates me. But every time I hear a message in a bottle, I just think Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah. Gina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's not even the right words, but I'm just like it dates you in the right way. Yeah. So this wine's a blend. It's like uh, Sangiovese, which is a really old varietal from Italy, and it actually means uh, the blood of Jove, which is the blood of Jupiter. So that's the name of that grape, and it's like pretty typical in Italian blends, and um, all of this stuff pairs really good with like red meat and cured meat. But it's a Tuscan red style, and it's also blended with a Syrah grape and a Merlot grape. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like the bottle, too. On the top, it actually has, like, the SOS um, mm-hmm. thing. And it's, then, like, it's textured, mm-hmm. though. It's like a black label with, like, oh, a little yeah, scroll nice. on yes. there. And, like, the scroll part is, like, textured. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Here, you want to fuck with it? And it's, it's got- open. Oh, it's open. It's open. Yeah. <laughs> We've been letting it breathe. We're letting it's, it breathe, yeah. <laughs> it's got a decent punt on the bottom. And, like, the price point isn't bad. It's only about 15 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you have to pay $24 in shipping, like oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I like this quote on the website, www.sting.wine. Anyway. <laughs> There's the dot would... wine extension. Oh, yeah. God. How did I not know this? <laughs> That's, that needs to be on my email. That needs right? to be on my email, too. You can get dot pizza as one, too. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. So it's for the love of wine, and it's a quote. A wine is like a song. It has to tell a story. That is why I named my wines after my biggest hits, end quote, says Sting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he really has, like, named all of them, though, mm-hmm. after his I mean, it makes mm-hmm. sense. top songs. I think the only one that doesn't have one is the Stalker song. Yeah. 
I think. The only song I knew that was definitely by Sting before I started researching for this podcast. It was the stalker song. That was the stalker song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm reading his Wikipedia page. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know these songs. <laughs> Message in a bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to some of his songs today, streaming them, and I was like, okay, yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. that's Sting. I know that one. <laughs> I, know, I know that one. By the way, did you know that he has absolutely nothing to do with the actual production of this wine? He just, oh. like, tastes it at the end of the process. So many celebrities just slap their name on a label. Yeah. I mean, at least he owns the property. I think right. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, that's more than most. I think Drew Barrymore, out of all of the people we've done on the podcast so far, are, is the only one who's actually involved with the making of. I think, well, Dave Matthews yeah, is Dave Matthews a little too. bit, but... Drew Barrymore is really, really oh, involved I forget with about it. Dave Matthews. I yeah. think I purposefully try to block that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm ready for a glass. So, so am I. Yeah, let's check it out. I'm going to go ahead and pour. Glug, glug, glug. Pairs well with red meat and convivial conversation. God, that was so <laughs> fucking cheesy. It really reminds me of how Elaine Bennis on Seinfeld used to write those articles for like mail order magazines. <laughs> she would write the descriptive text <laughs> on each item. Mm. She would have done better than whoever Yes. <laughs> it's a little OTT for sure. Oh my gosh, you guys have no idea how excited we all are to drink some actually decent wine. Some good wine. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers, fingies crossed here, ladies. Fingies crossed. Oh, so, we're going to do our, our our S's. Actually left room for some swirling Me this too. time. <laughs> <laughs> There's some legs. We got legs. Oh my gosh, we have legs. We have legs. God, I really have to start adding in that sound bite. It has a good nose. I can smell that like straw smell for mm -hmm. sure. Oh it's man, spicy. Oh man, this is nice. I'm getting almost a cinnamony, spicy hint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it kind of smells better than the first taste, but let it sink in a little bit. Okay, I won't say anything. Swirl it around. Really get your wood teeth going. <laughs> How long have these bottles been breathing? Uh, since four thirty. So about. Two, two hours, hours or so. Mm -hmm. If it's younger than eight years, it's at least two hours or one hour. I think one to two hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good roll of thumb there. Mm -hmm. These yeah, are these are all twenty fifteens, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. This vintage. Yep. So vintage. I wanted to sound really educated right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about yeah. <laughs> drinking wine. I'm you just did. kind of like learning as I go. It is really spicy though, and like the. San, the Sangiovese grape is known for like being having a lot of like cherry and blackberry flavor. And then I think that like spiciness is coming from the Syrah grape. Actually, on the mm. second and third sip, it's a lot better. Mm -hmm. It's just that initial one that's just it was just kind of like punchy on the back end. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was kind of sour. Mm -hmm. But like now that I've had a couple of sips of it, I'm like, hmm, this is not but bad at all. It's also sour compared to our like warm up wine anyway. True. We mm -hmm. were drinking some Boda Box. <laughs> Everyone by wine now from boxes. Everyone by now knows that we're, about we're Boda bitches. Time. We are <laughs> Boda bitches. We are Boda bitches for sure. I just I think I still like the nose better than the taste, but it'll. It's it's like, def it's def real dry. It's giving me that mm -hmm. like mouth peely feel. I like a yeah. dry wine though. Like this yeah, isn't bothering there's, me. There's no sweetness to this at all. Mm -mm. I'm sure I ruined my palate a little bit with the boda, but that's fine. Oh, I should have got that pickled ginger out for you. <laughs> <laughs> palate cleanser. <laughs> I don't have any pickles. No. Okay, mm. so I did eat sushi the other night though. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this the place where um, his vineyard is is called uh, the Tenuta Il Pop. Pelagio. Um, I guess it's been always been cultivating wine. Um, so in the late 17th century, the Martelli family acquired the estate. In 1819, it was sold to the Countess Carlotta uh, Barbolani of Montato, the widow of a duke. And the property remained in this family for the next 150 years. At the beginning of the 20th century, Duke Simone Vincenzo Beludis Dadi de San Clemente. Are you just speaking what? gibberish over there? No. Like the more names you 
have the more important you are. Yeah, I'm glad you're reading that because I would have effed that uh, up a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. There so, is like no way. So the, new, the Duke Simone fancy pants completed the <laughs> projects, including the building of the granary, uh, granary and oil mill and the creation of vineyards. Uh, when Sting and Trudy came to the estate for the first time in 1999, it was in a state of deterioration. They immediately began renovating the buildings and properties and successfully restored the estate to the splendor and beauty of its glory- glorious former time. So I know, Jules, you did like a little bit of research about like them acquiring the vineyard. She did a lot yeah. of homework. I'm very proud of our special guest. Well, today. I read yeah. a single article from thedrinksbusiness.com. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that... Il Palagio was in a pretty rough state when they went to see it in 99. And Duke Simone Fancy Pants was like <laughs> wooing them and trying to get them to buy the state, this state that was kind of in shambles. And apparently he like served them this fancy meal and like this fancy wine. And I don't know if he like, the article wasn't really clear whether he like intentionally misled them or just kind of like, they assumed incorrectly that this wine was from that estate. And so that was one of the like big reasons why they decided to go ahead and buy it. So then they started cultivating the wine from those vineyards and like people were coming over to Sting's house and then like drinking this wine and secretly pouring it into the trash. It was just like really, really bad wine. And so like, Sting and Trudy just kind of wanted to prove Duke Fancy Pants wrong. And so they like ripped out all the old vineyards, started like planting all these new grapes. And like now they use like environmentally friendly, like organic methods. And now that they now they produce this pretty decent wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. They like just wanted to prove Duke Fancy Pants wrong. That they they could actually produce a decent wine. That's cool. Well, this is a decent wine to me. It's a decent wine to me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, anyone named Duke Fancy Pants or whatever his real name is, I'd want to yeah. prove him wrong too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he sounds <laughs> pretentious as fuck. I'm, I'm like picturing that guy from Enchantment. <laughs> Enchantment. That Mac, the new like um, Simpsons creator show on Netflix. Oh, disenchantment. Disenchanted. Oh, disenchanted. Yeah. Yes. I was yes. Like enchantment. <laughs> no, disenchanted. Like one of the like fancy pants princes she was supposed to marry on there. Like that's who I'm picturing as Duke Simone. Fancy pants. <laughs> <laughs> the, like prince that gets turned into a pig. Yeah, that yeah, guy. I can totally see it. I can see it <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Oh. So apparently they're like big into like environmental stuff. Sting and Trudy are mm-hmm. like they actually founded this environmental foundation called the rainforest fund foundation uh rainforest foundation fund excuse me um and actually he has a (laughs) species of colombian tree frog named after him from some of his work with this rainforest foundation a colombian tree frog it's called Dendropsophistingi. I thought it was going to be called the I'll be watching you. <laughs> Sting guy, though, sounds Sting pretty guy. fun. <laughs> or maybe it's stingy. I don't know. <laughs> stingy also sounds appropriate considering mm-hmm. the documentary I watched earlier today. <laughs> Yeah, what did you find out about him? I can't Everything I read about him was really glowing, but Um, it's probably written by his people. It was called Can't Stop Losing You or something like that, but it was... It was a memoir written by the guitarist, Andy Summers. From the police? From the police, yes. Mm -hmm. And, um... Um, it, it just kind of goes on to, to chronicle like the band itself and he doesn't really say anything negative about Sting, but there is like a lot of video footage of Sting. And first of all, he has the craziest neck I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like really like red and there's like, like a ladder of veins going all the way up that oh are very like God. bulgy and everyone's like, oh, he's so hot. And I'm like, God, that widow's peak though. I don't know. But anyway, so just some of the actions that were portrayed by Sting and this this guitar guy not ever really saying anything negative, but mm-hmm. he just seemed like a huge egotistical asshole, and he was kind of the reason why they broke up. It's so he called, could start his solo career. Uh-huh. It's called can't uh, what can't stand. No, that was the wrong. There's two different ones. Can't stop losing you mm-hmm. from 2012. 
Yeah, there's one called Can't Stand. Oh, yeah, Can't Stand Losing You. Can't Stand Losing Surviving you. the Police. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the one I watched earlier today. It was on Amazon. Um, <sighs> So maybe he felt like he couldn't directly like talk shit about Sting, but he's like, I'm just going to let the audience see for themselves. Yeah, well, and they kind of reunited, I think, kind of fairly recently to do like another tour. Well, mm-hmm. they did in the 80s, but I think they maybe did more recently. Fairly recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well... <laughs> Well, that was made in 2012, and they had gotten back together at least for a couple of like okay. shows for that documentary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think oh, Sting seems so like a huge asshole personally. He left the band first, though, right? Like, didn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Um. Well, well, I may have known before, but was reminded today when I was listening to a podcast on him was that he was like he was a school teacher before he went into the band so he was like yeah he was like i was just like i had a pension and a mortgage and all of this and then i became a rock star he was also a tax officer i like a tax officer i don't know that's just what wiki said (laughs) it's a british thing probably like an irs worker yeah okay that sounds Mm-hmm. He was like Sounds a school right. teacher and a tax officer before he ever like went into the music scene. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, he sounds like a very eccentric or like not eccentric, but like a very, um, uh, like I, a Renaissance man. Is that where you're going? <laughs> well, yeah, and that too, and a very dedicated artist where I could see where he would get wrapped up in himself. Cause like this was a, an Apple like podcast where they're interviewing people for different things. And he had, uh, something coming out. Oh, it was like, whatever. Uh, why do I have any of my words today? I apologize, <laughs> but there's you an album words. coming out with all of his songs. <laughs> oh, like and a greatest a hits album or like yeah. an anthology. Anthology. Yeah. anthology. An anthology. And he was just talking. Someone That's asked four him, syllables. I don't blame you for not having that like right at the front. It's Friday night. You yeah. know, what can I say? Wow. <laughs> I, worked, I worked a day and a half this week. I'm I exhausted. <laughs> so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Preach it, sis. So some question from the audience was asking if like he kind of regretted or if he wanted to change any song that he's ever written but he was talking about like every time he goes on tour and plays he'll play it differently every time like he it's they're all a work in progress which is really cool because you think about some shows you go to and it's just like the same hits over and over Mm -hmm. and he's like I know people come here to hear my hits but I'm still evolving all of them and he's like they're all about my life so I don't have one that's I hate and one that I don't or whatever. So I don't know, but you, I can me. see where you get wrapped up in yourself. If you're so into your music like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That well, on the, you. on the documentary that I was watching, he like got like a critique from one of the sound guys. And he was like, I don't think you're singing high enough. And he was like, well, we'll just drop a key. It's no big deal. Like, he was like kind of accommodating, but then they were talking about like recording one of their last albums, the ghost in the machine. Um, like, they basically rented out this big giant house and Sting was using the studio. The drummer guy was using like the dining room and then the guitar player was using like another room in the house. And it was all because they all had like a very like, they all had like a very, they all had their own unique idea for like creative direction for the album. But I guess Sting kind of, he was the one who made like the final cuts of everything and most of his songs would end up getting on there and at one point in time they were like they were fighting so much that they were just like flipping a coin and it's like this poor sad little bearded like 22 year old who's supposed to like wrangle them and be like all right guys we gotta get this together and instead there he's like just flip a coin please (laughs) (laughs) we'll just draw straws it's no big deal Mm -hmm. yeah well how old were they so that album came out ghost in the machine came out in 1981 it was their second to last Oh, so was how, it their second to yeah. last? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine how they got through the third one, their so last what, one. I what mean. year was he actually born? It says right there. He was Sting? born in 51. Okay. So he was like 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what's his real name, too? It's like really it's boring. Gordon Matthew Thomas mm-hmm. Sumner. CBE, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he got knighted. some suffix on the end. Mm-hmm. He was knighted by the queen, wasn't he? It's like yeah. the greatest British. Oh, I guess we can't talk <laughs> too much trash or then if shit. he's a knight. I mean, <laughs> we rescind every Come bad thing and get we've me. Made. Mm-hmm. 
Please don't sue us, Sting. We love you and your wine that you didn't make. For a night, he's been in some pretty, like, quality B-movies because I was about to watch that documentary that Lauren was watching, and she was like, do not watch this. It's very boring. It's so boring, Which I like documentaries, but I was like, fine. And then I turned on The Bride because they had it on Prime, and I... I feel like it looked familiar to me, but I probably haven't seen it all the way through. It came out in 1985, I think, but it was really good. Like one of those like sci-fi fantasy movies with, you know, in the 80s. Are That's there Muppets? <laughs> there are dwarves and there's, okay. you know, like, you I'll know, take it. he plays Franken, he makes the bride of Frankenstein, basically. It's like a take on that. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this out. I really feel like this wine is meant to be had with food. <laughs> and convivial conversation. Well, we got that part covered. I almost yeah, that got some cheese over today. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I didn't make any bacon for you guys. It's that okay. was like my my thing well, last week. I used all my salami when I was cooking yesterday. So I would have brought that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the I'm only withdrawals. <laughs> I need some kind of pork product. Really, I do. After the holidays, especially, it was just like all ham all day. Yes, please. Yeah, or bacon mm-hmm. or bacon wrapped in some or other pork product. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing I really knew about Sting before all of this was the, all the stuff about like him being like an epic tantric sex lover. Oh, and God. do tell. Like, so I was reading just like the way. Wikipedia article about it and I couldn't really find very much but it linked to an article that like basically completely contradicted um like like previous ideas yeah so it was it like says in the Wikipedia article um that here let me pull it up it says um Sting's affinity for yoga contributed to a rumor about his sexual prowess, including a purported eight hours of sex with his wife. The story stems from an interview with Sting and Bob Geldof. A journalist asked, how do you perform in bed? And Geldof remarked that he was a three-minute man, and but Sting could last for hours thanks to yoga. And so basically, like, this other article was saying that it was just supposed to be a sarcastic quip, but then it, like, got blown out of proportion, and now it's just, like, you know, like, celebrity legend or whatever that he <laughs> Well, like I can see why he didn't hours. bother to correct anybody. No, in the article, it's really funny because it's like, yeah, everyone um, wants Sting to prove that he can like really like blow it out for eight hours, but no one's asking Bob Geldof if he can prove that he can last three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh and then his kids all have like pretty normal names, and then like like kind of silly nicknames almost but he has one daughter named fuchsia yes which is a dope name and i guess it's i think from, it's a dope name too well it's from this like um book like this book series called the gorman gas trilogy and he sting actually bought the film rights to it and um Anyway, he named a bunch of his pets and like racehorses and stuff after characters and his publishing company. And then he also named his daughter Fuchsia after characters from the books. So I guess this these books like really, you know, did it for him. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was the series called again? Oh, let me I can't even remember already. <laughs> it's the Gorman Gas trilogy by Mervyn Peak. It's a fantasy series. Ooh. Gorman Gas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, I like some sci-fi here and there. Mm-hmm. So you all know that Sting and Shaggy did a collaboration no. album, mm-hmm. an yeah. album, a whole album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're no. pretty like in 2018. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was yeah, fairly very, recent. Yeah, it came on when I was streaming some songs earlier, and I was like, I heard it before though, and so I don't know where I heard it. Because I yeah. thought if it just came out, or maybe it just sounded similar, you know, familiar because it's Sting and Shaggy. And <laughs> two <laughs> artists I would what not get automatically put mine. together. It's called 44 over 876. I don't know. What uh, the is significance that is? <laughs> is that how you call it? <laughs> how do you pronounce um, that? Okay. But what yeah. does that, does that mean, mean, though? It's really weird. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I read that that collab kind of didn't work very well. I'm much to everyone's surprise. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. really blown away by that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the title refers to the country calling code for United Kingdom, 44, oh. 
Okay. And, and the North America area code for Jamaica, which mm-hmm. is 876. Mm, I learned so. something new today. What the hell? He was in Dune? Yeah. Sting was Sting. in he Dune? He was one of the main yes. characters. Mm-hmm. I am learning so much. I was actually so kind of Sci-fi goes yeah. back a long way. I remember way. him being in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, I remember that too. Mm-hmm. Well, he plays himself in a ton of movies and really good at playing himself. He was a commander <laughs> too. His favorite He's person. so good at playing himself. He's so good at it. You That's why he yourself. really shines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you, Sting. Again, don't mm-hmm. sue us. <laughs> well, you know that I'll be watching you song is really creepy, but I do really like the like uh, Puff Daddy remake, you know. Yeah, I mean, it kind of gives it a little extra pizzazz. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard that before I heard Sting's version. Same. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, I just grew up with a really, like, anyway, I have a dad who <laughs> who likes a lot of music. He was probably born in the 60s or so. But doesn't like <laughs> Yeah, he color. was born in like, the early 60s. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Sting and the Police was something that he was into. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the police, I guess, not just Sting. I did read that he's announcing a reimagining of his best known songs this year. In 2019, Sting is going on tour to rehash, <laughs> reimagine, I mean, all of his greatest hits. See, he just pulls them out and redoes them and mm-hmm. people perfects get, them. And mm-hmm. people like his same old shit. Like, oh my gosh. Well, I think that's kind of smart. Like, I was saying, or come back around to what I was saying earlier. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you don't go to a, like, when we ever, I don't want to, like, compare Garth Brooks or anything, but when we went to see him, he was like, I know you all didn't come here for the new stuff, but, you know, I'm going to mix, I'm going to put a few of them in here and there, but mostly played his hits, but, like, they sound exactly like, they sounded exactly like the sound on the album, but, like, if. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if he's, like, I think a reimagining is a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's still your favorite song, but in a different way. Like, that's. Well, mm-hmm. and that's, that's probably good... why I like jam bands exactly. so much. Exactly. Like, why I'm a big dirty hippie that right. likes jam bands and Jamtronica. <laughs> because <laughs> it's always different. <laughs> well, and that, and, like, it's, like, so easy to, like, like pull in different artists and like mm-hmm. let them kind of like be the exactly. leader on this like song like shaggy yeah like shaggy <laughs> well i don't know if that's what sting wanted well, i feel like that's exactly what sting wanted well, well sting was in the background being like you do it this way how i want you to in the next room over <laughs> <laughs> they've actually never even met before <laughs> Jamaica and I'll call yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, that's why it's four four <laughs> over the eight, eight seven six. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well we just cracked that bitch wide open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean he has played with orchestras, like his stuff with orchestras, and then like whittled it down to like just like five people or whatever. So I mean he's mm-hmm. he can he can bring in people to jam with them, but I don't think yeah. he could do it like like jam bands do like off the cuff like hey friend get up on stage and just like play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tubular <laughs> totally tubular right gnarly and that's and that. <laughs> you pluck that and i'll pluck this and this and that well i don't really want to pay like a hundred dollars or more for a concert ticket to hear something that sounds exactly like it does on their cd no no. no i'm not a fan of that either Mm-mm. well i mean i didn't mind seeing garth brooks not oh no <laughs> Mm. I mean, I guess if it's your first time to see them in concert, it probably isn't that disappointing. But, you know, there's a lot of bands that I've seen multiple times, like Wolfpack, for example. I've seen them probably like three times now. And I would get I would be really upset if I'd seen them play Back Pocket the same time every fucking time. Mm, The same same way. way. The same way. Mm -hmm. Every fucking Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, and then there's people like Dolly, you know, I mean, most of her stuff's pretty. But she's got such good showmanship, though, and she's such she a She never flirt. wears the same outfit twice. Or the same way. That's what we're or, really going for. Yeah. yeah. Or the same shoes. Like, there's a lot of elements that you could, like, factor into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, there's just I guess so it's the same thing with Garth Brooks, too. He yeah. never wears the same fucking button down well, twice. He's always been a showman. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was never a great artist yeah <laughs> i'm gonna look into getting us some saw him in college <laughs> playing in stillwater and compared to the other people playing in stillwater those days i heard he was not the best but he's a good showman and he has a good voice so mm-hmm. yeah 
<laughs> I've seen, and I like all of his songs mostly. So I've seen a lot of crap bands. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like that band that my boyfriend used to play with. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. no yeah. names mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he like he's played with a lot of bands. Well, this yeah. one particular country band, like this guy, just oh. thought he was the hottest titties because he used to play on the casino he circuit. He thought he was the rhinestone oh, on shit. God's pearl snapshot. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> I just hit my microphone laughing. <laughs> Me well, one time he played at like our favorite local dive bar uh-huh. that has you know a lot of great acts have come through there, and he didn't want the bar to advertise for him. He wanted to do all the advertising himself self because he thought that was a good idea for promotion so well, because our, our our boy who always works the door and stuff like he does he usually does a very good job with promoting and for some reason he didn't want him to and yeah doug and i went and there were a handful of people there i mean it was uh-huh. a thursday night which can be a big night in a college town but like all the college kids aren't paying cover for music right Not now no. yeah. all those millennials are like so against it and so there nobody was there except for I mean, there are a few people, and one of which was a friend of ours who is a great singer songwriter, and I love all of all of his songs, and he's amazing, and should go places. And afterwards, he was like, "Man, do I just need to like sell out and like play a bunch of covers to make it?" And I go, "No, no, no, no please don't. Not. You're no. like a thousand times better this guy than this guy. Is a fucking hack. Like he's not." He's not what music, what you want to be in music. I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason to who makes it, really. There's really not. Well, people like him can make it just around here playing at, like, casinos and shitty bars and stuff because there's definitely a demographic for it. And it's really drunk people who aren't, who just want to, like, dance and sing along and stuff. They're not necessarily, like, there for the actual artistry of mm-hmm. something. Yeah, Exactly. And we think that we're real hot shit and really like big music. <laughs> so how did the police make it big? Did anybody? Like, I don't know how the police breakout made... was. I do I don't know. know that the um the guitarist was playing for several different bands. All of these bands would break up, and then Sting was playing with. Was it? It's called like Exit something. I can't remember what band he was playing with before he started playing with the police, but. Um, there was also the Phoenix Jasmine, but that was when he was still Gordon. He was just becoming Sting at that mm-hmm. point. Okay. <laughs> I, Message in a Bottle was his first, the, was the police's first First number. breakout hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't remember how they got together. I know that Andy Summers and they Sting in, like started talking. So they formed in 76. Um, so... There was like a band called Curved Air, and Stuart <laughs> Copeland met and exchanged phone numbers with Sting. And he was playing, yeah, in a jazz rock fusion band called Last Exit. And then Last Exit. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then they formed after that in like in 77. And I guess that the police is like considered one of the big bands of the second British invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't aware there was a second invasion. Yeah, the first well, one was the like first the one Beatles. With the punk. Oh, okay, the Beatles. No, like the Beatles and stuff. That was in 66? 64, 64, I think. 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ish. Because yeah. the police became a thing, like, I guess the late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. right? Message in a Bottle was number. Yeah. So the police performed for the first time on August 18th, 1977. And a trio was unusual for the time. Right. And they it's were usually like a four piece. Bands. Yeah. So anyway, that's how they formed. Then in 78, they got on TV and um, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very long article. I was really <laughs> um, curious as to why Sting was, beca- was called Sting. And it's really a stupid story. So tell us. <laughs> I want to tell hear us. the story. Well, like his name's Gordon, right? Yeah. Gordon. There was apparently another guy named Gordon in his band, the Phoenix Jasmine, Gordon Solomon. And uh, apparently, like, he was the Gordon of the band and Sting had to become Sting because I guess he was he had this 
sweater that his girlfriend knit him that was like black and yellow. (laughs) (laughs) It was black and yellow stripes and they said he looked like a bee or a wasp or something. So he became Sting. And I'm like, that's the stupidest story. Who allowed that? I would be razzing him constantly. Sting is not a fun. I thought it was going to be because he had like a really sharp rat tail haircut or something. Something like, yeah, he's a real stinger. He really zings people. Or he had like a really cool jacket with like a bedazzled scorpion on it and instead right. it's just a yellow and black sweater With that is stripes. lame so his girlfriend knit for lame. him if i were her i'd be like i tm that a long time ago so I'll, where's my money yeah, bitch i would be getting royalty <laughs> yeah every I, time those girls on their dumb podcast say sting i want money <laughs> if i were him i would have made up a different damn story <laughs> right that's a lame ass story <laughs> I would have made up something about a bar fight or mm-hmm. something. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It would have been like really intimidating and no one would want to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Instead. That was like my cobra face <laughs> and motion. You got to visualize it. <laughs> the limitations of the podcast format. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to close your eyes and just listen to our lovely <laughs> Our lovely voices. <laughs> I know I sound like Chucky Finster. <laughs> Let us soothe you to sleep. <laughs> Hello. Oh my God. So, like, speaking of fucking cartoon characters, I was just like <laughs> trying to jazz it up and look up like the weirdest facts about Sting. And did you know that he voiced a cartoon? Which one? Which cartoon? Captain Planet. I guess he played a real baddie on there. <gasps> With our powers combined. Yes, I love Captain Planet. Wait, who did Planet. he play on Captain Planet? Um, let me see. So he played... Um, was he like the one of the main baddie? like contributing characters? Earth. Well, or he just wind. did like a cameo? Well, he, he was on there for two whole what years. What? So he played... Um, oh, what's his fucking name? Um... Zarm apparently, and then he was replaced. So he from 1990 to 1992, he was Zarm and Captain Zarm. Planet. I don't remember That's Zarm. Fucking awesome! <laughs> I don't remember Zarm. I haven't but visited Captain Planet in a while. Can we watch? It's like, do they stream it anywhere? Because I would totally. I bet show you that could. to my nieces. I mean, we could probably find it on like some or myself. Russian pirating site. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On Kiss, it'll have subtitles Kiss. in Bulgarian, but yeah, it's no big deal though. <laughs> so he's the spirit of war and destruction who craves to destroy Gaia and Captain Planets. Sounds about five I fucking five seasons. <laughs> five seasons. Yeah, wow, it's, it's two years. Guy. Okay, he's got like blue hair. He's got oh, a deep yeah. widow's peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deep widow's peak. And he has like the, the <laughs> silver fox like yeah. strips on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only like really weird stuff that I found out. So apparently the only reason that Sting went blonde and then all of the other police guys went blonde is because they got hired on to be in a Wrigley's gum commercial. What? And Wrigley's was <laughs> like, well, we need you to be blonde so you look more like a traditional punk band. What? And so they Since all when? they <laughs> all bleached their hair to look more punk, and then like the commercial never even aired. Oh no! Well, at least they got paid for it. And right? then that was like I probably. Yeah. Well, all punk guys are blonde, mm-hmm. so don't you know? I was not aware of this. Fuck? I was thinking of the lead singer of the Sex Pistols or something because mm-hmm. that doesn't I. I can't even. Okay, let me think. Think here. of a blonde punk rocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you? The lead singer of the Sex Pistols. And he was he blonde had, for no. a time. He was mostly black haired, though. Yeah. No, wait, that's Sid. No, the, yeah, the singer. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking the about the singer. blonde. Yeah, Sid Vicious was mostly black haired. Mm-hmm. Um, can you well, guys? I'm sure if it's like crazy bleach blonde and like spikes or mm-hmm. you know but not like an actual like dyed blonde no, even like, like Lou Reed who's like the papa of punk was never blonde either no I did enjoy hearing <laughs> uh, on like that little short pod I listened to uh, Sting talk about like playing at CBGB's CBGB's yeah yeah mm-hmm. I thought I said that backwards for a second <laughs> I guess the wine's a it little strong a lot of thought <laughs> But it was is a little strong. Yeah. It was interesting to hear him talk about like um, playing there with 
kind of a small crowd at one time and then like playing somewhere else I can't remember but it was kind of a college town and there were like three people in the audience oh yeah well did you guys know they got a lot of commercial success in the UK and did not play that up at all they tried to play like get commercial success in the US instead the police not staying um and so they were like going and playing like shitty like college gigs yeah (laughs) like no one would show Mm -hmm. up but they're like on the top 40 charts in the uk well that's what i love about the history you know because my boyfriend worked at that our favorite like you know local music place and back in the day they would have bands come through like that that played there yeah there are so many bands that like He'll Doug will be like, oh yeah, I I saw them play here, and I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, I wish the whole like college live music thing would come back around again. Because right now, like we talked about, like all those millennials are like five dollars for live music. I'll just Isn't go listen Z to ins, ins, ins next door for it, free. What? It's Gen Z now. Gen Z, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a new mm-hmm. generation. Because I'm a millennial. I'm sorry, and I'm almost fucking thirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and I apologize. I think it's anyone born. It's anyone who can, can remember not having like a. Or can remember not having a home computer. I can't. It's all very. I can remember fuzzy. not having a home. Computer. I think it's. Anyone, I can remember not having a home computer. Well, I'm I think it's anyone who's born after Angie like 1997, like 36. Like we're a little. We're like right we're the on the cusp. Five to yes. ninety-nine the is. The, I should know this. I just watched an HR video I all about. We're like Eliza Schlesinger. <laughs> we are the elder millennials. Mm-hmm. We're in the cusp between millennials and Gen Xers. <laughs> yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that like middle that they haven't like decided a name on mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. or whatever. I feel the like Oregon the shitty annoying generation. young generation is just referred to as millennials. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I don't identify with a lot of millennial traits at all. Right, right. Like, Me I do neither. remember not having a computer, but like these millennials, like when I see the damn if you were born by born by date for like alcohol and tobacco here, I'm like, what the f- it's 2000. Yeah. <laughs> 2001. It's 2001 yeah. now. Yeah. Oh my it's pretty crazy. No. Well, so, my cousins were born in 96 and they're in their 20s now. So that's crazy. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I never thought I would be one of those people that were like, whoa, time is a thing. And like, I have been lately recently. Yeah. That's a sign of getting older. Mm-hmm. I am not old. Okay. I just got LASIK. So <laughs> that's what I hate about being a manager because I'm like, oh, all you young ones, and I'm like, oh. Well, even on my team, like at work, there's like all of these people fresh out of college that have gotten hired, and they're like, oh yeah, I remember like being in seventh grade when the last Harry Potter book came out. I'm like, well, what? I got this. I like smoked a blunt with my boyfriend and then got in a fight with him because. He wanted to have sex in his car, and I was like, "I'm going home to read this immediately." So we had very different experiences. <laughs> my, yeah. Getting the last Harry Potter book at I, midnight. I was so lucky because my mother was a librarian. I mean, she just retired this year. Oh my god! Well, last year I guess early. now. But like, she introduced me to Harry Potter when I was in college, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I read it. I'm like, "Where's the next one? Where's the next one? Where's the next one?" <laughs> <laughs> I was never a huge Potter fan. I feel like I kind of missed the mark. Yeah. Same. No, my boyfriend, because he works at the university, was like, they're all, I mean, because they're, I mean, they're these kids, these kids have grown up with Potter their entire lives (laughs) and have clubs and everything. And he's like, I feel like there's this whole subculture I know nothing about. And I was like, let me introduce you. I can show you the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, because your boyfriend's a Gen Z or, or a Gen Xer, right? I guess you could Is say he? that. I almost might be older. <laughs> He's an elder baby Let's boomer. Let's give him Gen X. Gen X. Ten years older than he's he's a teeny He wore boomer. some flannel in his mm-hmm. day, probably. Yeah. He still has like mm-hmm. cargo shorts from like twenty years ago. I think he's the only <laughs> man that can ass. like actually pull off cargo shorts fashionably because his legs are so skinny. Mm-hmm. His so legs are long. so skinny and he has no hair on them. But to be fair, cargo shorts work well when you're a bartender in like a hot, sweaty bar because oh, they yeah. have all yeah. the function. And he doesn't like 
wear them out. It's called function, now. not fashion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he doesn't like wear them out. He's an <laughs> yeah. Eagle Scout, so it's all about function. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I bought him some good shorts now. Mm-hmm. Oh. I remember his like hammock crotch pants you bought him. <laughs> oh my I gosh, the Duluth. Were they called pants? the banana pants or something? No, yeah. yeah They've well. got like a hammock of fabric in the crotch for your boys or just oh to like God. stretch out if you're a lady. Like, my brother was talking these up so hard when I went to visit him in Portland, and they have one there, so I went and got some. Well, we have one here now in Oklahoma City, but he, um, and my brother's like, I can do all these squats, like, showing off to my boyfriend over, like, <laughs> summer vacation, and then like I give tactical. him to Doug for his birthday, and he's like, let me do the squat, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Duluth Trading Company sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Duluth. I Duluth. wear your underwear, and I love them. I only have, like, two pairs, so. I alternate. I need, I, that's why I have to do laundry, like, every four days, because <laughs> all the rest of them. Or two pairs of panties? Well, <laughs> I still have a few others that I can wear. Oh, that you can enjoy that aren't Duluth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so help us out. I feel like a real dummy because I didn't even realize till now that the police, that's a, the po- Roxanne is a police song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yet another Sting song that I didn't realize was Sting. I wouldn't yeah. say that's probably my favorite, obviously. Well, Me that too. was the one that was like the first breakout hit in the U.S. Mm-hmm. is what I was okay. reading. Like nobody had heard of them until Roxanne. And yeah. then some Texas radio station started playing them. Of course. And Texas. then they like went up to like yeah. number 12 on the charts mm-hmm. in the U.S. Well, I was also reading, well, it was like written about a prostitute that they, that that Sting saw outside of their hotel room in Paris. But whenever he very first played it, he was always really shy about playing his new songs. So he played it like really softly on an acoustic guitar for like one of the bandmates babies as like a lullaby. And they like, (laughs) thought it was really cool and didn't realize it was about a prostitute and then well, I mean, they, whatever works and then when they were trying to like figure out how to record it they were like originally trying to play it kind of bossa nova style and it just was not working <laughs> no. i cannot imagine that bossa and nova style it almost got like cut from the album and then they like reworked it a little bit and then it became this reminds me of a story about a boyfriend i had whenever he had like a teen mom and mm-hmm. so she was like really into the police whenever she had him and so he was like four or five like just screaming at the top of his lungs <laughs> and they all just thought it was super fucking funny because he's like singing this song about a prostitute sex worker mm-hmm. about a sex worker sex, sex worker sex worker yeah. and then and he like still until until he was like in his 20s had no idea what that mm-hmm. song was about so i might <laughs> bring it down a little bit but with you screaming out roxanne it reminded me you know, we've I've mentioned working at like a summer camp. Well, a friend of mine who was a um, co-counselor, another counselor and I, like anytime I would pass him like anywhere, like I'm, just randomly, I would pass him like in the dining hall or like at the rec hall or whatever. And I would, you know, nothing really was going on. I'd be like, Roxanne. And he would just start belting out like Roxanne, like in his <laughs> voice and just start singing it. And it was like the best thing ever and he recently died in a car crash like a couple months ago and that was like we we weren't always on the best terms but we 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 made up and I was at their wedding and everything and he married another um lady who is a counselor there who is also a friend of mine and I mean of course grew apart over the years but that was always like my one memory of him. And I was just telling Aww. my boyfriend about it because I missed his funeral because I had a work trip in Vegas. And anyway, like thinking of that, I'm like, oh, it all comes full circle. So it really, that, that song reminds me of Greg. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a really fun song and not like not something. Like a, well, yeah, no, that's yeah. Because, because it's like yeah. him belt. I can't sing, but like he could and, and he was, he could play. I mean, you know, he had actually rhythm and could sing and I'm just like, rah, rah. <laughs> and I'm like, you take it from there. <laughs> I feel like Roxanne would make a really good karaoke song. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't it's know. A we need to make pleaser. this happen. Well, now I want to go see some karaoke. Can we like wrap it up <laughs> can with we some final thoughts so we can go see if someone's having karaoke? Tonight? We just need to buy a machine. <laughs> we really do. We already got the microphone. We do have the right? mics. We have the YouTubes. Oh, we have YouTube and microphones. We microphone. have the YouTubes. <laughs> All right, the 
that's it. Karaoke party at my house. Get on your phone, Jules. Okay. So here's my final thought about this wine. It's kind of sour on your initial like tasting of it, like on the back end. But right. Overall, it's a pretty good wine. Like the nose of it is like nice and fruity. Speaking of nose, yours is getting clogged up. Bro. I can hear it in your voice. I told I am Charles Funster for today. You have like bloodshot eyes and a clogged nose. I'm really feeling sorry you for sound you more right like now. Chet, Chucky's dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten worse as the podcast is going on and i feel like it's because of the wine or maybe i just need like a good like blow but mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we all do anyway um yeah so nose is good fruity um kind of a sour sour back end and overall like i pretty i like it it's a dry wine and I don't drink a lot of Italian wines. I'm more of a Malbec gal myself or whatever comes in the Boda box that isn't sold out at the liquor store. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that this is like a really, has like a really strong flavor profile and I would probably enjoy it a lot more if I were eating like some red meat or something. Charcuterie? Yeah, a charcuterie. That was Nicole's New Year's resolution. Yeah, my New Year's resolution is I only make fun resolutions. I don't make like (laughs) personal improvement. I suck resolutions. I make fun resolutions so this year mine are to make and eat more charcuterie boards and to smoke more weed mine i can get behind that i only make personal improvement ones and mine is to get into headbands more and to smoke more weed (laughs) well i would say that mine i i can't smoke weed but i am into the cbd which is legal here which is well, legal. legal if you got that little plastic card but um <laughs> i had i got a bunch of cbd gummies that my boyfriend bought me a few months ago and i they've just been sitting there and i forget about them and you oh, I need to talk to you, you ladies this. always remind me and i'm like oh yeah that's it, what i can do it'll yeah. cure what yeah, else you'll yeah. love it i mean yeah. even my own father mm-hmm. and mother have been doing it and i've been trying to talk to them about mm-hmm. that show for a year for a while oh my God. one of my coworkers who i thought was not very exciting she just got back from a christmas time amsterdam trip and Holy went to shit. a sex show and <laughs> like had a blast this and is her a whole favorite, nother podcast her favorite part of it though <laughs> right. was seeing this totally ripped chick like do this awesome pole dance routine in front of her and as soon as she got back to the states she booked like three months of pole dancing classes because she wants to be like just as badass as that girl and i'm really proud of her i'm so oh my god i could never do pole dance. my hands are too fucking clammy but that's like a she's just like Shock i want to be ripped and powerful so i thought that was a pretty cool resolution I that's mean, a pretty cool resolution yeah mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be open, able to open a beer bottle with my ass by the end of this year. <laughs> That's all. Air five. Air five. <laughs> so how do you go about starting that? You know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Squats. Yeah. Kegels for the asshole. Squats, you should kegels. look up the Strong Curves program. Yeah, <laughs> you should. Okay, so. I mean, are you serious about this? Because I, I no, can hold start on. with a twist off. <laughs> Let's not move Vaughn because I want to hold her to this. <laughs> yes, please hold me accountable. Okay, so I want to keep my resolution. That's your combined resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to get on this. I want to be able to pop a champagne bottle open with mine. So. Wow. All right. Wow. Okay, well, this speaking of, I want to suck a cork out of a wine bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, on New Year's Eve, y'all really called me out because I've clapped my ass before. And you all tried to get me to do it on spot. And I can't just do it on spot. So I'm going to have to practice. And that's my official New Year's resolution yes. is to be able to clap my ass on demand. Oh, shit. I'm really needing your guidance in this area. (laughs) Yeah, we were trying to teach Jules to twerk on the front porch. (laughs) I'm sad. My twerk is sad. Mine was a a magical combination of having lived in the Dominican Republic, (laughs) flew from there to a friend's wedding in Puerto Rico, and had the wonderful combination of champagne and wedding and best (laughs) friends and magic. Caribbean air. Salt in the air. Time I did it perfectly. Now everybody like brags about it. I'm like, I really can't. And they're like, No, you can. And I'm like, oh, I gotta figure it out. It sounds like it you just need to believe in you again, Angela. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what 2019 is all about. You Let's believing not bring in it you. down like that. Okay. <laughs> so not only is this podcast. 
just about <laughs> celebrity wine and the assholes who make it, but it's also about helping Angie find her groove again. Oh, I thought you were going to say about all our assholes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, why am I not that witty? That's why you got I us got around. You, girl. Yeah, I blame the snot that's like... like and, Residual like, snot. I stopped you all Just up. like patting up my brain. You did have eyeball surgery yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was not enough Valium. No. Okay. <laughs> so honestly, I'm not that big of a fan of Sting, but I am a big fan of this wine. Cheers to fucking getting to drink a good, a good wine, wine again. Wine. Yes. For the first time in like <laughs> a long time. time. Episodes. Six days. <laughs> honestly, what was the price point? About 20, but 15. Well, about it 15. was about 15, but we have to pay shipping because, you know, we can't get it here. So it's For like plebs. limited availability. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's worth good. it. And I wish yeah. I would have actually ordered the other ones because I would have, I, I bet this probably wouldn't have been the best that we. It's I, I was really interested in the Chianti. Yeah. Chianti. The Chianti. <laughs> well, we'll do some more research on Sting and we'll see if we can get some more, uh, get some more of it in our possession. And then we might even have a part two. Yeah. For maybe. sure. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Over and out. <laughs> That's going to be our new thing. <laughs> no. Yes, don't shake your head at me. No, no I thing. am the editor and that's going immediately. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Thank you so much for listening to Celebrity Wine Club and thank you to our special guests. This episode was produced by Angela Helt and Nicole Krausen and mixed by executive producer Lauren Swarb. Our theme music is by Grammatic, hashtag digital freedom. If you would like to send us a suggestion or let us know what you think, hit us up at celebritywinedrunk at gmail.com or find us on social media at Celebrity Wine Club. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you next time, lushes. Lushes.